morning, church. How y'all this morning? All right, everybody's awake. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I got a couple of announcements uh, that I want to share with you, but if you will, uh, we're going to be on Romans chapter 6 this morning. So if you want to turn uh, to Romans chapter 6 uh, while we're talking, um, the, uh, there's a couple of announcements I want to make. Uh, one is um, I'm excited that you're here, uh, but number two is please don't leave uh, the areas we have blocked off. The school asked us to make sure that we stay confined to this, this room and that hall. And so even if you're a teacher here, um, I'm sorry, but you can't go to your room. Um, <laughs> uh, but they, they asked us to in, in, uh, in a very stern way uh, to make sure we stay here. So that's what we're going to do. Amen? Yeah. All right. You know, amen means I agree, right? That's what that means. All right. Amen. There you go. Um, and, and so the other things I want to mention to you is uh, there's a lot of you that's come in and out of our doors and, and, and been asking about, What's the next step? Like, how, how do I get involved? And, and through Connection Church, how you get involved is the first step is um, through Heart and Soul. Um, that's, that's a class that we offer on Sunday nights uh, in which we just we talk about our church, uh, what, what our church is, um, how you serve, the importance of serving in our church. And, and we just talk about the, really the, the fundamentals of the gospel so that everybody understands um, who Jesus is and that really knows if they're saved or not when they leave this, this class. That's the whole intent of it. So um, that's first step. And so if, that, if that's your next step, then um, if you will, go to our guest services uh, right here when you come around the curtain. It's standing right there. Um, if you'll talk to Miss Carrie, uh, she's there this morning, and she'll be glad to walk with you through that process and help you get hooked up for your next step. The other thing is uh, we're going to do baptisms in a couple weeks. Um, and so depending upon how many we have signed up is how soon or how further back we'll do it. So um, if, y'all, if, if baptism is your next step, then please also go, to, go here to the guest services and sign up uh, today or you can sign up online. Uh, but uh, sign up so we can know how to prepare and, and we'd love to walk you through that. And if you think baptism is your next step but you're not sure, find me after the service and I'd love to talk to you about it. Amen. All right. All right, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word. Uh, Father, again, we thank you for your love and your compassion for us. And, God, we thank you for, for today. Uh, I thank you, God, for every person who's here. And, God, I know that no one's here by chance or circumstance, God, that you've got them here for a purpose. So, God, I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts, that, God, you would change us, that you would redirect us, God, that you would change our focus of our life. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, if you don't change anyone this morning, God, I ask you and I beg you to change me. God, I want us all to be walking in unity together, and that's walking for your glory and not my own. God, I pray that you would just move in us today and touch us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. So Romans chapter 6, I'm going to try my best to teach this. um, And if you know me, you'll know this is going to be a struggle. So y'all just hang on, all right? Um, So Romans chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read 14 verses, and then we're going to back up and kind of Kind of one spoon at a time. All right? Y'all with me? I've got to turn the lights on. Maybe y'all, maybe y'all smile a little bit better. Y'all, y'all good? All right. All right. Okay. Y'all act like y'all at the club. Don't want nobody to know you here. You know what I'm saying? Just, just we all God's people. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of your body to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. So, so Romans is such a rich book, and, and it's really... Uh, is really deep. Paul Paul's a very deep thinker, and so we're gonna try to try to bite, try to take this in bite-sized pieces. But to me, that those fourteen verses, Paul was trying to explain to his readers to, to what it means to really know the grace of God. And so, God's grace is a word I think we throw around that we don't understand what God's grace is. We don't. We we, we talk about the grace. We talk about we're covered by grace. But do you not really understand what the grace of God is? Do you really understand what the grace of God means? And so, to me, a simple definition of what grace is, is it's the ability of God in me to do what I cannot do in me. The grace of God is the ability of God in me to do what I cannot do in me. So it's only by the grace of God that I can change. Amen? Amen? It's only by the grace of God that, that, that I can walk away from my past. It's only from the grace of God that I can walk away from the, the addiction, the bondage, those things that hold me back. It's only by his grace that I can do those things. And so when we're people who understand and experience more of God's grace are people that are in deeper bondage. Anybody with me this morning? And so you see people who are excited about the gospel, you understand that they've experienced more of God's grace because often some of us, we think we've experienced his grace, but we're still holding on to who we once were, and we haven't let that go. And what Paul's trying to make, you, make us understand is that when we are truly a follower of his, sin has no dominion in our heart anymore. Sin has no, no ruling authority in our lives anymore. It's all about him because when you are truly born again, there is a process of death, burial, and resurrection that happens from the moment that you are converted to Christianity. From the moment you follow Christ, you, your old you dies, you change direction, 
you're, you're resurrected and you have a new purpose. You can't live on, keep on, keeping on with the old self and the old you and be in Christ. See, that's what Paul was trying to make them understand because people... In, in the end of chapter 5, the people were saying, well, I can just live any way I want to. Like, I can just keep on sinning because if I keep sinning, that means more, more of God's grace will be poured out. And they have a term for that today that's called hyper-grace. There's a movement in, in, in the church today. It's called hyper-grace, and, 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 and it's taught to where I can live any way I want to live. And long as I go to church and, I'm, and I say I'm following Christ, everything I do is covered by the blood of Jesus. So not, there's, there's, there's no emphasis on holiness. There's no emphasis on walking away from the old you. It's all about me being me and who I want to be and going to heaven and living any way I want to live on earth. And that's not what it's supposed to be like. Because when you are truly following Christ, you have died to you and you are no longer living for you. Christ is living through you. And so that's what Paul, Paul was trying to make us understand. So Paul's asking the, the readers here in Rome, he says, because of God's grace shown to us, should we keep on sinning so that more grace can be poured out? Should we continue to walk in sin? Should we continue to, to, to put up with the, with the things in our life that doesn't please God? Should we continue to, to walk in that lifestyle? That's what he's asking. See, the whole purpose of this life is not for us to have, have beautiful children, and have lands and have great clothes and to have nice cars and, and to have fat bank accounts. And for us to live any way we want to live. The purpose of this life is for us to give God glory and give God honor. But you don't do that unless your life is submitted to God. And so most of us have missed the whole entire point of life. We've made life about me instead of life about God because he gave us life. And if we hadn't submitted our life to him, then we don't really know what life is. We just know the little bit of life that we have lived and the things we have encountered. And until you truly have surrendered and given those things to God, you won't really know what true life is. I heard a, I heard a man say one day, I never knew what it was like to live until I died. And I was like, well, that that's kind of don't make sense. What do, what do you mean? You don't, know how, you don't know how to live? He said, man, I just thought I was living. Until I died to myself and I gave everything to God. And man, it's more exciting than anything I've ever done. He said, I've walked in a, in a high of the Holy Spirit, higher than any kind of meth I've ever, I've ever smoked. Any, 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 higher than any line of cocaine I've ever snorted. And, and, and man, he was telling me about that stuff, and I'm just like, I hadn't encountered none of that, but I'm taking your word for it, brother. The Holy Spirit has brought you to new levels. See, the difference in sins... And sin is sins are the individual actions, right? Sins are like adultery and, 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 and pornography and those things that you indulge in that do not please God. Gluttony, greed, all those things. Those things are things that the individual things that we do that do not please God. But see, sins come out of a sinful heart, right? Y'all want to say yes, amen, agree with me. All right, I'm going to have to break it down a little bit. So. But see, that's the thing. It's the, whole, the whole issue here is that he's, he's breaking us from the bondage of sin, which is the heart behind the action in which we do things. You know, before I punch somebody in the mouth, first the, the action in my heart is anger. Y'all with me? So there's something inside that triggers the external response to how you act. 
Before a man cheats on his wife, the first thing that happens is he lusts, he lusts after another woman in his heart, right? It starts in here, and then you begin to fantasize and think about it. And next thing you know, it comes out into actions. And what God's saying is because of the grace of God, he's enabled us a way to overcome that sin, that desire to even do those things. You know, when, when we're sinning, I want you to understand that when we're sinning, we're not submitting to God. We're submitting to ourselves. When I sin against God, I have taken myself out under the lordship of Jesus Christ and I placed myself king saying I know better. So I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm, I'm living the way I want to live because that makes me feel good. That makes me feel happy. I don't care about God because who cares what God thinks? It's, it's, it's all about me in the moment. See, it's about God's grace. When you experience God's grace and you experience God's presence, like you don't want to do those things. You want to, to, to be pleasing by God. You want God to, to love you and to, to, you want to feel his presence every single day. Y'all with me? And so, so the heart behind that begins to change the more you desire God. In verse 2, Paul says, he says, By no means we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So he's talking about those who profess to be followers of Christ have died to sin. We know that, right? We've read that. We, we've been taught that. But, but have you really died to sin? See, dying to sin means I die to myself. The Bible says that we should take up our cross. Come on. And follow me daily, right? I should, I should die to me and pick up Jesus. That means Monday morning when I get up and go to work, it's not Jeremy that goes to work. It's Christ that goes to work in me. Amen? Because it's him in me. But see, there's got to be this point in your life where you truly have died to you. And there's not, if, that, if that hasn't happened, then, then you're not experiencing God. You're really not experiencing what it means to be truly saved because you're not walking in what God intended us to walk in. See, to be, Paul's talking about true followers, they die to their self, they also die to sin. See, if we have died to, to sin, then we no longer live in sin. Man, that's, this, is, this is good. Y'all with me? Don't make me get down on the floor here. Don't make me get off this stage. The thing is, I, that's what's awesome. It's like I don't have to put up with the sin in my life anymore. I don't have to be okay with the way I feel anymore. I don't have to be okay with the lust in my heart. I can rebuke it in the name of Jesus and walk away from it because there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? But, but see, so many of us think that we just need to put up with sin because that's just the way life is and life is hard. No, because Jesus is greater. And if you want him and you want to glorify him, walk away from those things because he gives you the power in the name of Jesus. And that's what Paul was trying for us to understand. That those bad thoughts you keep having, you don't have to have those thoughts. You have to take those captive in the name of Jesus. It's intentionally giving your mind to Christ and stop thinking about things that don't please God. Yes, it's hard. You know why? Because it's the old you trying to fight the new you. But it's going to be that way until you die, physically die. But it's a fight worth fighting. Amen? And so verse 3 says, says, okay, or, we don't, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death 
or in, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, that through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Man, that's awesome right there. Think about that. He's using baptism as, as, as imagery, but also we should internalize baptism, right? It's, it's, it's down the moment, man, the moment you follow Jesus is the moment I, I have decided to follow Jesus, right? I'm following Christ. But see, it's a process of I have a, I'm, I'm right here. Jesus met me where he found me. I'm right here, dirty, despicable in his sight. But you know what? I have committed my life to Jesus. Now it's down with the old man. I am submitting myself under the authority of God, and I'm, I'm, I'm down with Jeremy. Jeremy has died. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to die, and I'm going down under the water. It's a, it's a symbol of death as the water covers you. It's like dirt will cover you one day. Dead. Death is final. There's no redo with death. So why do we Christians think that I could, we, I could be baptized and then pop up and be like, hey, I'm back? That wasn't funny to y'all, huh? But that's how we are. It's like we, we get out of the dirt and we're still dirty. It's like I came back to life as me because I didn't want to encounter the resurrection. See, when you come out of that water resurrected, it is a symbol and a sign of saying inside of me there's a new me. See, when Jesus came out of the grave, he didn't come out like he was when he went in. Jesus didn't come out, Jesus didn't come out weak and feeble. He came out powerful and glorious. There was a new life. And see, in through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to have a new life in Christ through the grace of God. Man, that's powerful there. But see, we first have to realize that we have to die to ourself. I mean, it's like, Jeremy, Jeremy who? Jer what? They buried that fool. Come on. Come on. See, Stephen Bishop? What you talking about, Stephen Bishop? That, that joker died 10 years ago. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? When people talk about, ooh, ooh, ooh. When, when people talk about the, the good old days, Huh, when people talk about the old you, you know what I'm talking about. Does it, does, does, is the old you the same as the new you? We say no, but we are it. Is it? Are it? Really, is it? Because it, there's got to be that change, right? I, I'm, I'm desiring newness. I'm, I, there's newness in Christ, right? There's definite in death. If I have truly died to me, then the old me won't live anymore. Man, I'm going to tell you a funny story. When Serena was pregnant, we, me and Serena had a dog. I ain't never loved a dog, ever, ever. People would cry over their dogs, and I would be like, you are crazy. <laughs> hey, you're crazy. I don't understand it. Well, this dog took, took an affection to me. This dog loved me. This dog cared for me. This dog would bring me anything I asked it to do. It rode with me on the lawnmower. It rode with me on the tractor. It, it, it would cry when I left the house. Sabrina was nine, eight months, she was seven months pregnant, and this dog gets bit by a diamondback rattlesnake. And I always, and I, heartless Jeremy, I ain't spending no money on no vet for no dog. Guess what Jeremy did? Jeremy spent $1,600 at the vet on a dog. <laughs> well, the dog died, and I had to go get my dog. And my wife wouldn't go with me. Thank God. I get this dog and I put him in this box. And I've got this, I got my lab in this box. And I load him in the back of the truck. 
and I am like the biggest sissy you'd ever seen in your life. I'm crying. I didn't tell him I was a preacher. I'm just like crying about this dog. I mean, it broke my heart. My dog was gone. My dog was dead. I come home. Y'all gonna think this is silly, but I ain't gonna, I'm just being real. I come home, I had to dig this hole for my dog, and I dig this hole, and I'm thinking, you know what? There's power in the name of Jesus. This dog ain't got to die. This dog can come back. It, I mean, I'm just all jacked up because I love this dog. Like I think I got home, I mean, everything at my house reminded me of this dog, the lawnmower. Like, I ain't never had nobody ride a lawnmower with me again. Like, everything. Guess what? The dog didn't come back. The dog didn't come back. Even though I loved him so much, it didn't come back. See, death is final. And we think there's a redo. They think, we think that, okay, I can, I can screw up for a while. I can intentionally live the way I want to live. I can, I can do these things to please me because I'm selfish and I want everything to be about me. But, but, but let me tell you, when you really surrender your life to God, you, you surrender that selfishness to God too so that you no longer live as him who lives in you. So that every decision you make is driven by Jesus. Everything you do is driven by God. And so... The reality, we do, strum, we do f struggle and we do fumble through life. But if you truly have submitted and committed your life to God, it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. So you cannot intentionally sin against God and love God in the same breath. And I know that's hard truth, but that's the reality that Paul's throwing down right here in Romans chapter 6. The bury of the old man is it's done. It's final. He, see, Jesus willingly laid down his life so that we could have a life of power and victory. So we, in turn, should lay down our life to partake that life of victory in Jesus. Amen? You see, we partake in the death of Christ when we really, honestly, die to ourselves. And, and to die to ourselves is not this one-time thing. I got to die to myself every day. Because if not, my selfishness will come up. I can, I don't know about y'all, but I can talk me into anything. Ask my wife. I can, oh man, she, I'll, I'll see something I want to buy, and boy, I can talk myself that I need it. Baby, it ain't, it, it, it's, it's a deal. Okay? All right. What you need with an army tank? I don't know, it'd be cool to have. I, don't, I mean, I, people wouldn't come in the driveway. We could park it right there and wouldn't nobody come in the yard at all. Just you know, I can talk myself into anything. And it's the same thing, even something as frivolous as that, I can talk myself into sin. I can think about it enough than where I can talk myself into it if I have not died to me every single day. Because that temptation is there for me to live for me. And when I live for me, then I don't please God. And Paul's trying to make us understand that. See, when Christ was resurrected, he came to life in a new form. He had a new purpose, right? There was a new direction for his life. There was a new purpose. See, when we come to life in Christ, there is a new purpose for my life. There's a new direction. There's a new passion in there. Have you, have you ever encountered that? That new direction, that passion, that, 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 that new desire to do things for Christ that you never had the desire to do. I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. The first time that I was standing, I was standing at McTeer BP. 
And I was standing there, and one of my old buddies was standing there getting a case of beer. And he's like, you coming tonight? I was like, no, boss, I don't need that no more. And he's like, why? And I was like, I started telling him about Jesus. And then when it was done, I got in the truck. I was like, oh, man, that really just happened. That, that really just happened. Flashback. Because Brad Boynton did the same thing to me. If y'all know Brad Boynton, he's a pastor that was from Millen. They got saved from the same, almost the same walk of life that I did. And, and he, he seen me at the McPeer BP with a case of beer one day. And I, he asked me, I asked him what he was doing. It was the same thing. I called Brad. I said, it's deja vu, but this time I was you, but littler. Brad just told me to shut up and kept on going. But the thing is, it's a new purpose, a new direction. See, when we come out of water, it's the statement that I have died and now I live in Christ. See, that's, that, but be, it's not just a statement, right? It should be the reality in our heart. I'm now, I'm living for Jesus. That's why so many people just get wet when they get baptized because that did not mean anything in their life. And it's hard truth this morning, but that's the reality. It's because God is so much greater than our sin and our selfishness, and we need to start to, to give it to him and, and really think back and say, when I was born again, is there a time in which I died and Christ lived in me? Because that's what Paul was trying to make us understand in this, to, to experience that grace of God. See, you can't do that on your own. It's only by the grace of God that can do that. God, oh, I love this. He brings you to salvation, but then he empowers you through his spirit to change. But see, you won't get into that unless you are submitted to him and allowing him to change you. But sometimes change is hard because you, he's telling you to walk away from things you've been doing your whole entire life. He's been telling you to, to let go of, of attitudes you've hung on to your whole entire life. It changes hard. But Jesus is greater. And if we're submitted to him, then that change should be, okay, here. Okay, here, fine, take it. Take it. I remember when I was a kid, I, I, my, my family's big. My daddy's side of the family's big. And, man, we would fight, my family, they, that side would fight you more than look at you. And some of my family's in here, so you can amen me in that. But, you know, and so I remember my cousin Chuck, and we would always cut up. And Chuck was always bigger than me. He's, he's a lot bigger than me. And, and I was working in the logging woods with him and my Uncle Charles one time. And uh, I bowed up at my, at my cousin. I'm a buck 20, six foot, going to bow up. And my cousin Chuck is like this, this much bigger than me. And he's really thick. And Chuck... Chuck's like, all right, now you don't know what you're finna get into, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to give you some grace in that. He didn't know what grace was, but he said, I'm going to give you some grace in that. And I was like, I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. And he said, let me tell you what I'm fixing to do. I'm fixing to show you that you better learn to respect me. And you know what he did? He showed me that I need to learn how to respect him. <laughs> and from that moment on, when my cousin, I respect him, I love him, and my uncle too, but when, when they spoke... I knew that it was no joke. When they had enough, they had enough. And it's the same thing with God. See, we taunt God. We, 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 keep, we don't think that God has authority in our life, so we don't pay him any attention. But when you really realize that someone has authority and has greater power than you do, you submit. So a lot of times I think our submission problem ties all the way back to we don't really understand who God is. 
Because God is not a man up here talking every Sunday morning. God is a being in the universe that created the earth like that. And that could smite you like this. And he deserves our praise. He deserves our honor. He deserves our allegiance. And he gives us the opportunity to choose him or refuse him. See, that's how we understand and we, we get in God's grace. See, verse 5 says, For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly also be united in him in the resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. See, so, so to know and to experience the grace of God means that we embrace the crucifixion. We embrace the crucifixion of Christ. See, it's through the grace that God, through God that we're able to, to that I'm able to crucify the old me. That I'm able to, to, to crucify the old Jeremy, the old desires, those old passions. It's through the grace of God, the power of God, that I'm able to crucify the old me that was ruled by me, by my heart, to live for me, for, to live for my selfishness. See, it's only through his grace that I can do that. The only way that I can crucify myself and to experience his grace is first to die to me. It comes back. It's like full circle. Y'all listening to what I'm saying? Y'all hear me? Am I speaking down here or is it up here? Everybody ashamed to say see, verse 7 says, so that if we have truly embraced, if we've truly embraced the grace of God by crucifying myself, then I will be set free from sin. So if I've fully embraced that I'm crucified myself and now Christ lives in me, then I'm set free from sin. So if I'm set free from sin, then why am I still struggling with sin? It's because there are certain areas in your life that you really haven't crucified the flesh to. I, I met with a guy like, like a couple weeks ago. No matter of fact, last week I met with a guy and we were talking and I met with him for a while and he's been struggling with pornography for, since his, for, forever. And he's like, I, I, can't, I can't seem to let it go. I was like, well, you just got to let it go. Well, that's easier said than done. You don't struggle with that. I was like, no, I have struggled with that. And I understand where you are. You got to get to the place where you love Jesus more than you love to satisfy yourself in that. Well, you choose Christ over that. I remember one day sitting in front of the computer looking at stuff I shouldn't look at, and God just, God just coming upon me and, and convicting me of that. And it's such a stronghold in people's lives, but you have to choose Christ over that addiction, over those things. And I remember, I remember, I remember I'll never forget it, just sitting there, just thinking, God, I want you more and broken because I could only imagine Jesus just looking at me saying, I died for you so you could not be bound by this stuff, but yet you choose to go to it and leave me. See, he's, let, he, he's given us a way to be set free from sin, but it's dying to me. It's dying to what I want. It's dying to, to, to my desire. It, it's dying to those things. It's crucifying yourself. And crucify, cru crucifixion takes action. It takes, it's intentionality, right? You have to be intentional to, to, to desire to die and not let sin reign in your life. So if I'm still bound by sin, then I have not fully allowed my life to be covered by God's grace. 
I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. But there's a difference in falling and getting back up than laying in it. There's a difference in stumbling and, 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 and allowing something to happen. And then you, you ask for forgiveness and you walk away from it and, and repent. Don't turn back. There's a difference in staying in that sin that you know doesn't please God. And that doesn't please God. See, grace is the ability in, of God in me to do what I cannot do in me. I'm telling you, I can't do this without Jesus. I can't please God without him. Without the Holy Spirit leading me, convicting me, I'm hopeless in that. But I have to allow my life to be submitted and under the authority of the Holy Spirit so that I don't fall into sin and I don't walk away from God. A lot of people walk away from the faith because they value themselves and their lifestyle more than they value Jesus Christ. And that's wrong. See, Paul's trying to take us to understand that the grace of God is free, but it ain't cheap. Grace ain't cheap. See, grace abounds, church, where you allow him in where you cannot go and to do what you cannot do. Where in your life today do you need to ask God to supply more grace in this area of your life so that you can be set free from these things? See, the whole purpose of our life is that at the end of our life, I look more like Christ than I did when I started. I'm growing into Christ-likeness, so I'm allowing, the, by the grace of God, to, to move me into Christ-likeness, to move me out of sin, to move me out of things that don't please Him. Every day, I'm dying to Jeremy, walking in a new attitude, walking in a different direction, walking away from things that don't please Him. But see, if I'm not, I'm going to be the same wretched person that I always have been because I'm walking in flesh. That's why it's so important that we stay in Christ. Because if I stay in me, I'm going to jack up some stuff. Can I, can I give you a little bit of confession? You know, if, if I, Jeremy, the pastor of this church, if I get caught up in life, if I, yeah, I get busy, believe it or not. Preachers do work more than two days a week, but... I, if I get caught up in life and I'm doing things and I'm, and I'm going here and I'm going there and I'm so involved in, in life to where I don't spend time in the Word and I don't spend time with God, guess what happens by Friday? And it happens, and it has happened a lot. Friday, my wife will tell me, you need to go in your room and you need to take your Bible and you need to go find the Jeremy that I've been married to since 2008 because I love that Jeremy and this one here I don't even recognize right now and I tuck my tail between my legs and I go upstairs <laughs> and I thank God that I got a woman that loves me enough to, to tell me you're screwing up every time every time church it's because I have put my priorities above God's Every time it's because I put my time, my schedule over God, and I have cheated God of his time. And if God is, don't have time in your life, then there's no room for him to work. And if I pick my priorities over him, guess what happens? Every time I pick my selfishness over his righteousness every time. If I'm not spending time with him. 
And it don't mean that there's not going to be seasons in our life, church, in which we screw up, in which we are not being led by his spirit. But you can't live a lifestyle like that continuously and be a born-again child of God. Because it's what you're submitted to. Verse 8 says this. It says, now if we die with Christ, we believe that we also live in him, for we know... That since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Whoo, that's awesome. So it's saying the life that he lived, when Jesus was on earth, the life he lived had a purpose. But when he died, he picked up a new purpose only to please God. And we're supposed to be walking in Christ's image, right? So if I am died, if I have died to Jeremy and I have been raised in the power of the resurrection to follow Christ and I'm in, I'm in a, it's new, it's a new Jeremy, a new direction, everything in my life is, is, is so centered around the purpose of God. That means I live on mission for Jesus. That means I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That means I'm all, I'm all about sharing, sharing my, 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 my things with people, sharing my life with people, sharing anything that I have that God tells me to share, I'm open-handed with everything in my life because my life is centered around the gospel and the mission of Jesus. It's a new focus, a new direction. It's not church attendance, I can tell you that. I want to let you do something. Y'all are a tough crowd this morning. No joy, no joy. You see, to know and to experience God's grace is to live out the resurrection, like that new purpose. So if you've died to sin, the heart, okay, sin is the heart to disobey God. So if you die to that, then you live motivated to please God your whole entire life. He, he is your life, right? He is life. You need to put that on your, on your car, not salt life, not late life. No, it's, it's God-centered life, amen? It's his way all the way, every day. That's the way it should be. But we... we, we make our lives about us and so it's all about what pleases us what, what makes us happy and so our whole life is, is, is centered around me and not centered around God that, and if our life is centered around God then when somebody has an offense against me it don't bother me because you ain't talking about me because my life is centered on God y'all with me my, my perspective has changed because this ain't about me no more it's all about him if you got a problem with me talk to him because I'm just walking with him and what he tells me to do and where he's, what he's telling me to say. That's if I'm walking with him, all right? Don't be using that as an excuse to, for your attitude. You with me? I'm just a child of God. Talk to Jesus. Uh-uh. When you're walking in allegiance and alliance with God, those, those things don't affect you. Your identity is in Jesus, not in you. See, when your identity is wrapped up in you and your stuff, when anything comes against you, when anything comes against your stuff, when anything comes against your job, when anything comes against anything that affects you and your comfort, you get upset and you get all bent out of shape. But see, if your life is centered on Christ, you know that all those things are just temporal. So if God, all those things can be taken away and you're still walking, standing in the middle of the circle with everything else burning around, you're just saying, praise Jesus, because those things don't matter. Because your perspective is on Christ and not on you. God lives in you. You live to please God. Your life is to please God. 
I had a guy tell me a, a, a while back, you know, we were talking about ministry and different stuff, and, and you know, people always got funny things to say to preachers, and if you said this, then forgive you. I forgive you already, but he said, oh, it'd be easy for me to be a, be a good Christian. You get paid to do it. I was like, yeah. I don't get paid enough, I'll tell you that. Just cutting up with him, just playing. <laughs> but he says, I was like, you know what? It's easy to look at that. But what's your motivation? If my motivation was money, I never would be a pastor. I would never lead a church. I would never be a Christian if my motivation was money. My motivation ain't money. My motivation is Jesus because I remember where I was when he met me. And every step of the way, God's brought me closer and closer to him. But it all started at a place where I died to Jeremy and I've exalted him. And every day I take that step a little closer and I die to me a little more. And I take that step and I walk a little closer and I die to me a little more every day. Stuff that, stuff that would make me mad 10 years ago, I, don't, I laugh at now. It's because I'm growing closer and closer to Jesus. I'm dying to me. And that's what it's about. Verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its selfish desires. He's saying, count yourself dead. Count yourself dead. Consider your old self dead. Some mornings you need to wake up and look in the mirror and say, I am alive in Christ. Remind yourself that I am alive in Christ. I am, it's not me anymore. Therefore, therefore, he says, since you are alive in Christ, you don't let sin reign in your life. You're not, you don't have any control over you, right? Things that you know doesn't please God do not control you. And if it does control you, you are broken about it and you come to God continuously, repetitively, brokenhearted until he takes it away from you. You know, some things I have learned in my walk with God, there's some things in my life that I struggle with that he has not removed like this because he wants me to show him that I love him like I say I do. That I want him more than I want that sin. And if he removed that sin so fast, I wouldn't appreciate it. See, some sins stay in us so that we learn how to press in to rid ourselves of those things. You know, if grass stains were easy to get out of pants, you'd slide in the grass all the time. You wouldn't fuss at your youngins for sliding in the grass. But grass stains are hard to come out. You know how my daddy taught me how to, why not, how not to do that? He made me clean the grass stains off my pants one day. And I didn't think I was ever going to get it out. I scrubbed and I, I scrubbed and I scrubbed and I scrubbed and I said, Daddy, I can't do this. He's like, you're going to do it. And I scrubbed and I scrubbed and I, I, I was crying. Daddy, I can't do this. And I knew that if I didn't do it, a beating was coming next. So I, you know, I was motivated. And I'm, I'm, I'm scrubbing this, these grass things. Daddy, I can't do this. I can't do this. He said, son, you're going to do it. And you're going to stay in there and you're going to keep dealing with this until you get it. I kept scrubbing, I kept scrubbing, I kept scrubbing. I came in there and I said, Daddy, look, I realize I, 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 did, I, realized I didn't listen to you. I was probably 13 years old. But I cannot get this out. 
he said, have you learned your lesson? I was like, yeah. And he brought some little stuff called shout. And he put it on my pants. And he said, now scrub it. And it was like two or three little licks. And what I've been struggling with for two hours, worrying about the repercussions of my mistake. My daddy removed it in just a second. See, that's why often we struggle. You know what I don't do no more? I don't struggle. I don't, I don't slide in the grass. It taught me a lesson. See, a lot of things that we're struggling with in life, some of you in this room have been struggling with something forever, and he's been trying to teach you a lesson. All you've been doing is been complaining about the lesson instead of listening to him and, and, and submitting to him because once you submit to him, he will remove the, the, those stains. He remove those wrinkles. He remove all those blemishes just like that. But you have to see him greater than your struggle. You have to see him greater than your pride of admitting that you're wrong and that you messed up. See, it's only in that when we realize that I am alive in Christ, that he takes my sin away. We allow sin to take control over us instead of us taking control over sin. And it's only through the grace of God, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that we have control and dominion over those things. So it's time for us as Christians to stop. Stop allowing sin to reign us and us to reign over sin. Amen? But it takes that I have to be submitted to Him. I got to be submitted to God. I have to be that man or that woman that has actually died to the old me and the old way of thinking and I am submitted to him and I'm allowing him to grow me. I'm allowing him to change me. I have died to the old self that wanted to sin and do things that didn't please God because I wanted my way and I am living my life his way. No matter if it makes sense to everybody, I'm just pleasing Jesus. That's, that's what it means to participate in his grace because he's doing something, praise God. He's doing something in you that you can't do in you. He's doing something in you that I can't do in you. He's doing something in you that your mom and your daddy can't do in you. Only God can change you and renew you and change you from the inside out, but you got to submit to him and allow him. Man, I'm up here wanting to dance. Y'all just mean mugging me up here, but my Lord, y'all getting a hold of this this morning. This is good news. We don't have to stay bound by the sin. We don't have to stay bound by the, by the discomfort and the ridicule that Satan keeps throwing at us about us not being good enough. We can submit our lives to God and allow him to wipe the slate clean in the name of Jesus. See, Paul gives us, verse 13 and 14, he gives us some application in this of how it's not to let sin rule. He says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have offered yourselves to God, as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer each part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Praise God. He's saying the way to keep from sin overcoming your life is you submit to God and He will help you rule over sin. It's simple, but we complicate it because we get involved and we let our thinking get us jacked up. We Don't offer your body to anything else. 
Don't offer your body to nothing that doesn't please God. Don't offer your body to a man that doesn't put outside of the union of marriage. Don't offer yourself to a woman. Don't offer your, your mind to impure thoughts. Don't open that can up. Don't offer that stuff up. You know the things that don't please God. Don't offer it up to him. You know that you have a struggle with alcohol. Then don't open yourself up to it. There's all kinds of things. He says, don't let sin reign. Don't let it have control. See, when you, when you, when you submit to those things, you're allowed to have control of your life. He says, don't allow sin to take you to the action of sinning. See, the, the, the heart, the desire to please yourself will drive you to doing things that don't please God. Because you're looking for yourself. You're not partaking in his grace. He says that we are a tool, right? An instrument. Use me. I will become an instrument. God wants to use you as an instrument of his grace. You and 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 you. He wants to use you as an instrument of his grace. That means he wants to take a hold of you. And he wants to use you. He wants to use your life. He wants to do in you that you can't do in yourself so that others can see that there's power in his name. But in order for an instrument to be used, first you've got to have the instrument. So the question is, does Jesus have you? Does he have your heart? Have you turned your attention to Christ? See, Jesus has power over sin, and he has power to change your actions. You can choose bondage. You can choose to be set free. You choose. And I'm going to close in this right here. But see, the grace of God will pour over you if you are dead to yourself. If you truly surrender your life to Jesus, I'm not talking about this, this, this weak stuff that, that people do today. I'm not talking about this, let's cry a little bit and let's, let's, let's come to the altar and let's, let's say that I want to follow Jesus and let's go and get baptized. I'm talking about that weak stuff. I'm talking about this real, genuine, heartfelt stuff where you realize that you jacked up. You realize there's no way into heaven without surrendering and submitting your life to God. I'm, realize, I'm talking about this real junk to where I'm willing to fight the gates of hell for the God that came and saved me. That's the stuff I'm talking about about. That's the one you understand you have partaken into the grace of God and you're willing to, uh, to get rid of everything in your life just to please Him. See, salvation, we have made it so cheap. And it's not cheap. It wasn't free. He died so that we could, man, so that we could also go to heaven. But, but more importantly, that we could associate with Him. That we could walk with Him. That we could talk with Him. That our life could be motivated by him every single day that we man how awesome is it to have someone that loves you so much that they want you to know them he wants you to know him but you can't know him by hanging on to yourself see the question is to know the grace of God means that you truly submitted your life to God to be truly saved means you truly submitted your life to God and when you truly submitted your life to God, then you realize that you cannot live a life that don't please Him. When you've made a choice that you know is not is outside the will of God, no matter how deep you are in that choice, you realize that I got to please God more than anything else, and I got to get out. 
I've got to please my Jesus more than anything else. That's what submission looks like. That's what genuinely, truly loving Christ looks like. See, Jesus died so that we would know him, but also we would know him through his death as we died to ourselves. So that we would know him through his crucifixion as we crucify ourselves every day and choose to live for him every day. And through his resurrection, as every morning when I get up, I realize I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ and he saved me for a different purpose and I'm walking this out every day in the newness of of the new creation. That's how I walk with Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's how I experience his grace every day as I allow him to change me. ability for him to do in you what you can't do on your own. So the question you need to ask yourself this morning is, am I truly saved? Am I, have I truly given my life to God? You know, I, I offer that every week. But see, we live in the South and everybody thinks they're saved, sanctified and born again. And a lot of people are going to bust hell wide open thinking that they're right with God, but to be right with God means that you live for God. That's all there is to it. You live for God. Not that you live for God five years. Not that you live for God four months. Not that you cried at an altar and gave and, 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 and dispelled all your life to somebody. Know that you have submitted your life and you live for Him every single day with intentionality and purpose. That's what it means to be saved. Because there's a new direction. You're identifying with Him with his death, his burial, and resurrection every single day. And if you can't honestly say that's you, then you need to give your life to Jesus today. And I want to challenge and we'll give you opportunity. If that's you, raise your hand so we can pray and we can just, we can celebrate. We can celebrate. I will jump and kick my heels. Amen. So you're saying, everybody's saying we're good then. We ride, we ride with God. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else want to be bold enough to to really put it out there that you've been wrong? You've been living a lie. team begins to play his last song you will stand with me we can't say that we are a people that are walking in the grace of God that we're walking in the newness of his purpose and be silent we can't say that we are people who are submitted to him when we're unmovable when his spirit touches us when we are doing things that don't please him and as much as I wish that I could jump up and down and make you change the only thing that can change you is the Holy Spirit so here's the altar and if you need special prayer I'll be around you just find me and I will pray we'll do whatever but the purpose of this church and this is my heart 
is that you don't come here to hear a good message. You come here to meet Jesus and you leave here to walk out his door and walk and live for him on purpose. So whatever's keeping you from walking it out and living it out, then I pray that you get it right today. Father, I come to you right now praying and asking you, Lord, to change us, God. That, Lord, I pray you would loosen up the pride in our hearts, the, the chains that hold us from, from really submitting to you, God. And I pray that we would really be the people, that we really examine our life right now and say, am I, am I dying to myself every day? Am I walking in accordance to your word? Am I being real? Am I being transparent, God? Am I, am I holding on to things I shouldn't? God, have I really given my life to you, God? I pray that you would just pour your spirit out upon us and God, answer the questions in our souls. God, help us be a people you call us to be. Bring us all to a place of repentance.